Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm your host, Matt Prater. This week, joining me is evangelist Tim Hall. Tim travels all over Australia and the world preaching the gospel. Welcome to the show, Tim. Hi, Matt. How are you? Very good. Thank you, mate. Yes. Tim, you've travelled all over the world, uh, speaking in churches, conferences, crusades, all, all sorts of things. But you started out as a uh, youth leader in Adelaide, I understand. Tell us about all that. Well, I was a school teacher, Matt, and uh, don't hold that against me. <laughs> but I, uh, I taught high school for six years and um, got saved as a school teacher under Pastor Andrew Evans out of a pretty crazy background. Um, and fairly insane. I was an artist, art teacher, and um, pretty much demonised, uh, boozed on pretty terrible. I was a mess. Got saved, and uh, within a very short space of time, the doors opened up and we started the church in the first year at Murray Bridge and then went to, well, God, God helped us to do that. That was quite miraculous. And then went to Elizabeth for 12 months and then Pastor Andrew invited me to be the youth leader uh, or youth pastor at uh, what was then Clemsic. And we had a great move of God. It was wonderful. Had to keep Russell Evans in line in the youth group and uh, Ashley was in the youth group and Danny Gould was in the youth group and all those guys. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, we had a great move of God there. And... Uh, from there, that opened up camps and conferences and, and so on. Then I went to Bendigo, started a church in Bendigo and, and then took on the Dandong Assemblies of God Church and opened a few churches around Victoria and and then really uh, after time in Perth, went full-time on the road and uh, we've travelled the world. Yeah, it's been been a, quite an incredible time, actually. Now, can you tell us what countries in the world you visited recently? Where have you been? Uh, in the last year, uh, probably the most exciting was Pakistan. Uh, especially looking at things now since uh, um, Mrs. Budo was killed and uh, we were warned it was probably not a good time to go. But we had a good crowd, um, maybe 20,000 people in Lahore and outdoors and uh, very hungry people. Power of God broke out, miracles broke out everywhere and uh, thousands got saved. They're beautiful people. Um, Pakistani people are, like anywhere in the world, just beautiful people. Um, but it's, the country's pretty tight in terms of their, their beliefs and so on. So as a Christian, you're not really on the friendliest grounds. But um, it's exciting when you go in. Uh, my hotel room was good. I, I had a, a beautiful picture on the wall. And I thought, I'll have a close look at that. It was an old Mogul picture. And I had a good close look at it and discovered that it was a public beheading. And so you've got that in your room to just relax you before the meetings. But... Uh, we really did have a very, very stimulating. This fourth time in there, and uh, with a young man called John Iqbal, and John's a very, very brave young guy. He's gone in there and started a Bible school and had people saved. And, um, yeah, I, I think anywhere you go is exciting, and uh, when you take a bit of a risk, I think it, there's, there's a, for me, there's a dimension of excitement when you go somewhere where you have a little bit of a risk factor. I think faith and risk. Um, go nicely together. Now we're up here at the uh, the Planet Shakers conference, and there's I don't know five thousand teenagers and youth group kids from all over the country here. Um, tell me, what do you want to say to the Australian young people? What's your vision to give to them? The great move of God in the Welsh revival was at the start of the last century was people between twenty and twenty six years of age. And I think the move of God in Australia that's coming, the great wave of God coming to Australia, will be young people and uh, my challenge is for them to get very very hungry for the presence and the power of God to get very filled with the word of God and realise the awesome responsibility of, of 
uh, what is before them right now. Because I do think there is going to be a major revival in Australia, and I think our young people are already uh, surging towards that. And it's only time before the stadiums be filled in. So probably probably the message would be fasten your seatbelt, get very hungry, very passionate, get into strong prayer and fasting, hunger for God, hunger for his word, and dare to believe that God can, can use you. Now, let's just backtrack a bit. Uh, you shared before about uh, when you used to be a teacher, you were an alcoholic, and you had that point of salvation, I guess. There's some people that kind of gradually become Christians and ease into it. There's some people where it's a dramatic moment where they convert. How did it happen for you? What was the moment for you, or was it a gradual thing? I was a Methodist, um, and I'm still I, I'm still probably a Methodistal. <laughs> I don't know why I am, but I, I'm a great John Wesley fan. Mm-hmm. I was brought up in the, the Methodist Church. My great-grandfather was a preacher to the Methodist miners. Um, I was a strict, my family was a strict Methodist. I, I rebelled at, at, at probably about 18. I didn't want anything to do with it. I went to the School of Art in the 60s um, and uh, joined the 60s revolution, became a, a mad fan of, of uh, all the old musos, the Jimi Hendrix and the Led Zeppelin and the Pink Floyd and all the old... And the Bob Dylans, and uh, and I think I just became a. Um, I was an agnostic most of my life. I thought if if God's there and He leaves me alone, I've got a life to live, and provided He doesn't interrupt me, I'll be quite happy to just get on with the job. And uh, things got pretty bad in my late tw- in my mid twenties with alcohol. I also experimented with occultic things. Wanted wanted to touch. But I think that in every person there is a a God-shaped vacuum. And only God can fill that. And I think there's a... Well, I know there is. There's a passion in everybody to know God. Every, every person really needs to know, wants to know God. I'd been turned off by church life, but I still had the hunger. And I tried to fill it with... I became a Freemason. I was in the Masonic Lodge for six years. Um, dabbled with drugs, but things were so illegal in those days, it was too dangerous. Um, a bit of marijuana, but mainly alcohol and and got into bit areas of witchcraft and trying to consult the dead. And um, as an artist, I was uh, out on the edge a bit, and I I wanted to con- really contact the spirits of the great musicians of history, absorb their, catch their spirit, and uh, catch their genius, which I thought was floating around the universe in some great uh, whatever nothingness. And so I. Uh, I really dabbled around in necromancy trying to consult the dead had some very weird experiences and then finished up with uh, evil spirits that followed me around in the car and I hit the drink very hard by 27 I was in a fair bit of trouble I was probably a bohemian artist at 27 with a lot of fear and uh, not scared of the things of life but scared of the supernatural and uh, basically through a a friend of mine, a very bad experience a friend of mine had, he, he was involved in astral travel and a few things and he had an experience where he lost control and cut his face and carved into his arms and stuff like that with a bowie knife. Frightened the daylights out of me and uh, I cried out to God then in the middle of what was, in fact God spoke to me virtually audibly and said you're on a slippery slide to hell and you're taking all your friends with you because I was a leader and um, and I, I'd wake up in the night with things at my throat, I'd have I'd wake standing up in the room with something choking me. Someone's going to be climbing up the wall, which doesn't not good for your brain, is it? It's a sign you're in a bit of trouble. But um, I eventually 
in a really bad state. I had alcoholic poisoning. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy came to me, Anglican guy, said, would you like to come and, and uh, live at our home? And uh, I'd already had a fair touch of God at a, a meeting in the city. I started going to church and um, it was at a church in the city of, of Adelaide. It was a big meeting actually in a, in a movie theatre. And uh, God had touched me there and, and uh, I'd really known there was something happening and I tried to start to live right. But in your own strength you can't. And this guy said, you know, why don't you come live at our home? So I moved in with this Anglican family and the kids used to pray and they'd say grace and I lived in their home, watched them and eventually said, look what they've got I have to have. And um, I finished up in Paradise Church or Clemson Church, heard the preaching, responded, opened my life, got dramatically dramatically saved, and I was pastoring 12 months later, first church, and um, the rest is history from there. But um, I think we're all hungry spiritually. That was that was where I was at. I, I wanted to know spiritual reality, and I tried a lot of things, and then when Jesus came along, there's nowhere else to search. You've come to the end of the search. There is no more search. You've found the way, you found the truth, you found the life, and it's... Um, that was it for me. Now, Tim, there might be people watching this right now or listening to this thinking, I'm away from God, I need to get my life right with God somehow. What would you say to those people? Well, Jesus is one prayer away. That's it. Um, whosoever, the Bible says, calls upon the name of the Lord, that person shall be saved. And the Bible also says, to as many as receive him, he gives the power to become his own children, even to those that believe on his name. So you may be watching right now, you're far from God. Your one prayer, one simple prayer, the greatest prayer you can pray is, Jesus, forgive me, come into my life, change me, fill me with your power, satisfy my need, come and meet me. And the Bible says if you do that, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you can be saved right at home, sitting there now, listening right now, watching right now. You can be saved, Christ can come into your life right now as we pray, and you can be changed forever. And it's a free gift. The Bible says you don't have to work for it. It's a free gift. The price has been paid by the blood of Jesus. It's that simple. It's a very... And people want to make it more complex. And it's not complex. The complexity was all done at Calvary. All the complex part of salvation was done by Jesus. The easy part is that whosoever will may come. That's the exciting part of it, man. And there might be people that are thinking, I've got to do that. How do I do it? What's the next step for, uh, for those people listening or watching right now? What about if we just pray right now? Absolutely, yeah. So if you're watching, we're listening, and you right now, that's what you want to do. I want you to pray this simple prayer with me. I want you to pray it not just as words, but as an invitation. It's like right now, Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart and saying, will you allow me to come in? And so you pray this prayer. This is literally like saying, Lord, I'm opening the door. You come into my heart and change me. Because he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, he said, I will come in, sup with you and you with me. In other words, his promise is, I'll knock, you open the door. And he said, I'll come in. So that's as simple as that. So right now, you're going to pray a prayer. It's like inviting a guest who's knocking at your door to come into your life and fill you with blessing, peace and power and cleanse you of every sin. Let's pray. Pray this with me at home. Put your hand just on your heart right now and pray this. You don't have to do that, but it's just, you can. 
Dear Jesus, you are the Son of the living God. Just pray that. Dear Jesus, I believe you're the Son of the living God. That you died on a Roman cross for me to cleanse me from every sin that I've ever committed. Dear Lord Jesus, today I open the door of my heart. I ask you to come in, to change me, and to make me new. I give you my life right now. I receive you as my personal saviour. Thank you for hearing my prayer. And if you've prayed that prayer and you meant that, then right now something's happening on the inside of you. Some of you are going to feel that. You'll sense that. You'll know that right now within you, something dramatically powerful is taking place in your life. You'll know that right now God's moving the furniture around and he is taking the throne of your life. When you invite Jesus in, don't just make him your saviour. Say, come in, be Lord, and take the throne. You're in control. And when, If you give yourself to him 100%, the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And that's a gift today. It's a free gift. Get into a good church. Find a good church that preaches Christ, a church that loves God and wants the reality of God, and get into your Bible. Get a Bible and start reading it like a letter to you. Start with the book of Matthew, or John's good. Start with the book of John and read it and say, every day this is a letter to me. Start reading your Bible and watch God change you. It's the best thing you'll ever do. You've done that today. It's the best thing you'll ever, ever do. It's the most awesome decision you could ever make. The most eternal decision you could ever make as well. It's an awesome It's the greatest thing. I still remember the moment. I still remember the very moment because Jesus actually put his hand on my shoulder physically. And I walked down the aisle... And my whole world just changed. Demons went out of my life. Stuff that had bound me up went off me. And it wasn't imagination. It just it, it was physically and spiritually all happening. And I stood there and knew that I was clean, washed clean by the blood of Christ. And that's a gift. Absolutely. Now, Tim, if people want to get in contact with you and uh, uh, talk to you about the stuff you've shared about today, is there a website or something they can go to? Yes, uh, www.timhallministries.com. Dot com dot au and uh, or send us an email at timhall at timhall.com.au and uh, we would love to hear from you. Thanks so much, Tim. God bless you, mate. You certainly are a history maker. Thank you, Matt. God bless you. Thanks. History Makers. Thanks again to Tim Hall for joining us. If you'd like to hear this interview again or any of our previous interviews, just go to historymakersradio.com. History.